All right, well, thanks for listening to the Young Life Midlands podcast. We have so much good stuff coming up, a whole bunch of seminars from our Leader Committee weekend that I just think will help you become a better leader and better yet, do a better job of sharing the greatest story we get to tell to high schoolers and middle schoolers and teen moms and kids with special needs and college kids. And so uh, this episode, we're going to have a good friend, Justin Robillard, who's the Metro Director in Charlotte, North Carolina. Him and his friends are going to talk about what does it look like to lead after college. Hope you enjoy. Okay, yeah. we're going to go ahead and get started. Again, this is uh, leading after college. Just want to make sure everybody's in the right spot. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray for our time, and then we'll we'll dive right in. Lord, um, we thank you for just a powerful weekend um, already. I don't feel um, qualified to be up here to even speak right now and really just feel raw even from just the worship. So um, pray, Lord, that you would have your way with this time, that you would cause us all to leave here um, with a more defined calling from you. Uh, Lord, that um, we would be about loving you and living in the love that you have for us. And that really leading would just be um, an expression of, of thankfulness and gratitude. And um, Lord, there really would be um, us being compelled to go tell people uh, about the life that we found in you. So uh, pray that for this morning. Uh, pray that you'd calm my nerves, that um, Lord, really we would hear from you. So thank you for, for being in this place already. And uh, I believe that you've got so much more for us. So we thank you for this morning. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, like I said, this is the uh, Leading After College seminar. And um, I'm going to do kind of a long introduction to get us set up for the time. And then I'll tell you what we're going to do from there. Um, my name is Justin Robillard. I'm on staff here in Charlotte. have been here about 11 years. And um, brief little history for me, 15 years on full-time staff. Uh, beyond that five years of leading Young Life in college, that's kind of a long story, but I paid for school as I went. I wasn't trying to be a doctor and then switch to staff. I was a communications major all the way. Um, five years in college, uh, I was at five different schools, and 11 of the last years I've been at the same school, okay? Uh, now a part of my role, not only do I oversee and help maintain the city of Charlotte, but I help oversee five other areas around the region. And... Um, most of my staff job is problem solving, developing people, and starting new things. So the reason I tell you that this morning, there's, there's no boastful piece with that. I tell you that because still the hardest thing I do every day is getting out of the car at the high school. So really I share that because you're not getting a seminar from someone who's going to stand up here and say, hey, just keep leading. It's easy. Or isn't this fun? Or we all love young life. Really, going up to the school is a hard time each time that I do it because that's when the voices start to seep in that I'm no good at this, that I'm getting too old for this, that um, my, my best days are behind me, and that I'm not going to have any impact. So just know that that's where I'm coming from this morning, and um, it's going to be great. Um, the reason or the, the things that have been the best part about Lady Young Life is that uh, I come to weekends like this and I see people in the room that were once in a high school that I led at. 
um, even just seeing Shep in the back of the room, like there's a guy that, you know, just used to bump into around the high school campus and now he's doing that. Um, it's fun to come to these and look around the room and see people who are on the staff that have come out of the high school clubs that I've been a part of. Um, Eric Schaefer in Union County was a punk in my wife's Spanish class when he was the valedictorian and the school president. He wasn't valedictorian, don't give him that. He was the school president. Um, but just fun seeing that he is on staff and he's just learning so much and growing and just such an encouragement. In John 15, verse five, it says, um, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. So just really fun to get to see the fruit and it's the fruit that will last. And that's, that's one of the biggest joys in uh, leading for me. Uh, some of you that came today might be wondering how much longer can I do this? You know, how much longer can I keep being a Young Life leader? It looks a certain way in college. What does it look like after college? Um, I hope that this time is not a disappointment for you because there's no magic formula. Um, you're gonna get to hear from some people up here that will share a little bit of their story and you might think, ooh, God wanted me to hear that. I'm gonna write that down. Um, but really, my biggest hope is to remind us all this morning of how important it is that we be disciples of Jesus, that we follow him. There is so much more about following in the Bible than there is about leading. So that's, that's where I really wanna push our attention this morning. Here's one comment that I want you to hear me say this morning. Lead young life as long as you can. You're in the room because God's called you at this point in time and you're a young life leader. I would say lead as long as you can. I haven't seen anything else that keeps you on your knees more. I haven't seen anything else that pushes you outside of your comfort zone daily more. If you're not feeling that, you might not be pushing yourself enough, but um, you become a leader in life as you're a young life leader, right? And I think because of it, you become an even better follower of Christ as a young life leader. There have been leaders that pass on their resumes in Charlotte and we find them jobs and it's because owners of companies and businesses want Young Life leaders working at their place of employment. They know that they are a quality of people that are above the rest. So uh, I would say God's continuing to use Young Life to capture young people's hearts in fun and exciting ways. Uh, do it as long as you can. I, I really haven't found anything better than what you could be giving your life to. Uh, don't take a gap year after college that's just another thing I wanted you to hear me say this morning. Uh, keep leading until he calls you out. I was graduating from college, I was about to get married, and I remember sitting down with my area director and saying, hey, we wanna do ministry together, uh, but I feel like I should maybe take a year and we should go get used to being married, right? And um, his encouragement to me may not have been very spiritual, but he basically said, I fear that a year from now we'll be hanging out and you'll have gotten a good routine at the gym, you'll have redone a couple of rooms in your house, and you'll get a dog, and you won't be coming back to be a Young Life leader. And he just said, keep leading as long as you can until God calls you to the next thing. So that's one thing I want you guys to hear from me this morning. Okay, so let's get to leading after college. Uh, three things I wanna to try to cover this morning. I want us to look at a passage that I think might shed some light on why leading after college gets harder. Uh, but also why it's important that we just continue. Second, I'd love for you to hear from a few of the leaders that are here in Charlotte. Uh, we have 90 volunteer leaders on the south side of town and six of them are in college. 
So it's just really become a place where it's a fun group of people who have this rich community that is pouring into them, but then they can't help but go and share that on high school, middle school campuses, kids with disabilities, teen moms. So um, if we have time at the end, we might try to cover some practicals because definitely leading after college looks different. So we're gonna flip to Luke chapter nine and I uh, wanna look at this passage called the cost of following Jesus because I think oftentimes we forget the cost, right? In college, we've got all these people around us. We live with a bunch of leaders. We go home and the sacrifice is right in front of us and we feel this camaraderie and it's real. And it's easy to be reminded that we're out there and that it is hard and that there is a cost. But then I think sometimes we graduate from college. We're tired of living with people. We're tired of coming home to dirty dishes in the sink, people who never wanna clean the bathroom. You know, that whole living with people in college thing just gets old. So we start to spread out a little bit and we get into smaller groups and then life just starts to hit and we start to do away with some things that cost us. But here we see Jesus interacting with these disciples as they're walking and there are three types of disciples that he kind of confronts with this passage. So I'm gonna go ahead and read this to us. This is Luke chapter nine, 57 through 62. It says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me, he replied. Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. Okay, so there are three, three different types of disciples here that I think he, he kind of challenges. And uh, the first one is Jesus challenges the comfortable disciple. Okay, and again, in verse 57 through 58, he says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds, birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Jesus quickly punches holes in the thought that this is a romantic cause. Okay, this guy is all excited, like, Lord, I'll, I'll follow you wherever. And Jesus can see far enough down the road that he knows that wherever leads to torture, abandonment, betrayal, eventually crucifixion. He knows that the disciples that are even saying this one day will die themselves for what they believe in. So he quickly stops and says, hey, the animals, and you are much more important than that, but the animals have homes. The, the cost of following me is lonely and it's hard and it's not comfortable. I think if I'm honest with myself, and I especially feel this living in such an affluent city, I tend to think that following Jesus should get easier, right? The longer I do this, I should start to get the hang of it. I should start to be able to uh, move past some of these sins, or uh, I start to get the hang of sharing the gospel with people. Therefore, club will naturally grow, and banquets will grow, and, and money will start to pour in, right? I tend to think that this is supposed to get easy. And then sometimes when stuff gets hard, I'm tempted to scrape it off, right? Something must be wrong if it gets harder. That's, that's kind of where I go. But that's so far from the truth. 
Uh, one of my good buddies when I first went on staff, his name is Mike Chilcote. Now he's a regional director up in uh, Pennsylvania. He would always say, life wouldn't be so hard if we didn't expect it to be so easy. Right, and that's just stuck with me because I think I, I keep wanting it to get easier, but really it's not supposed to be. We're choosing to follow the God of the universe in a broken world. So naturally the ways that we're doing things and the God that we look to, it's, it's not the norm, it's not popular. We say it to high school kids all along, uh, all the time, you're, you're like a fish that's trying to swim upstream, right? And we're doing that as well, it's not easy. Uh, my high school leader was also our area staff person and uh, just sent him a long message this last week because he just turned 50. Um, he would always say, if you're not failing daily, you're not risking enough. And that always stuck with me too, where I thought, man, if this is getting easier, then I'm probably not doing it right, right? Uh, with that, I, I've, I've chosen a couple leaders from our leadership. I really want you to just hear from them and get some time from them. Um, the person I'm gonna call up here my first memory of Chandler's probably when he came through work crew training in Charlotte, I don't know, five, six years ago. Chandler brings a great perspective um, because he went to a regular public high school halfway through, he transferred to a Christian high school and then went to college, became a Young Life leader, helped with basketball, moved back to Charlotte. He's now coaching basketball and he's a leader. Um, I wanted him to come up and talk about a little bit about how it may not be comfortable to give his life away to this. So this is Chandler Goodson. I'm gonna bring him up and adjust the mic. Hello. Um, I went to Providence High School, then Charlotte Christian, and then uh, UNC. I've got some UNC people back there. Um, yeah, well, Justin nailed that so well, and um, I'm humbled to be able to share because I don't have it figured out either. But um, I, I led in college at a school that was huge, and Young Life was kind of cool. Um, being a Young Life leader, going to the like student parking lot, being a Young Life leader was. Uh, not weird, and if you said you were a Young Life leader, you almost got more credibility. Uh, kids liked going. It was a big club. I walked into a really easy um, leading experience in college, uh, looking back on it. Um, and then I moved to Charlotte to take a job and um, knew I wanted to lead, um, and I felt that my heart, my heart was being pulled to... Um, be somewhere that didn't look like me. Um, and so uh, I talked with uh, Michael through that as he was figuring out where to place us. And I got placed at a school that, um, East Mech, which had a great young life probably 30 years ago, uh, and since then had completely died off at one point. Um, and when we got placed there, there was one leader um, who had been there for a year. Um, so. I got there and, and our contact work was very different. Um, being an adult, you, you go to the school before or after work. Um, and that means arrivals. And I don't know if any of you do arrivals now, but when we do arrivals at East Meg, it's the most uncomfortable. My knees are shaking thinking about arrivals. 
because these kids are not happy at all. And you're walking in, and I'm coming from a school that Young Life was cool, and you could say Young Life and they know exactly what it is, and then you come into East Mech, and they've got a guy in a, like a shirt and tie walking up to them, asking them how they're doing, and then them saying, why, why are you here? And my answer is Young Life. And they're like, what is that? Uh, so um, it's not easy. It's uncomfortable. And um, I, I coach basketball, too. And that's um, been uncomfortable as well. But I am, I am more comfortable in basketball than I am at arrivals. Um, but um, all that's to say, um, it's not easy and it's uncomfortable and uh, you it's very easy to look back on your experiences before leading as an adult um, and then looking at your time current as leading as an adult and uh, it's easy to compare the two it's easy to want to replicate the comfort that you felt uh, and it's easy to look back and think about how much better it may have been um, but I want to encourage you guys. Like, I know there's a lot of people who already do what I do, and it's um, this is more for I guess the people who haven't decided yet. But like, leading after college has been incredible for my walk with Jesus, um, first and foremost, because it it gives you that structure. Um, it it pushes you to Jesus when you may not want to go to Jesus. Um, and I think that's probably the most valuable thing that I've had since I graduated. So um, I hope that helps. Um, if y'all want to talk more, I'd be happy to. But um, thank you, guys. Uh, I would say, too, being uncomfortable, Chandler lives on the side of town where most people his age after work are hitting the breweries. So the fact that he drives all the way across town to the other side and goes and helps coach basketball, uh, he understands the cost. And uh, it is an uncomfortable thing. But um, I love what he said, that it, it just grows you to a new level in your walk with Jesus. And he's been really great. I remember he and Will Hefner called me in the spring of their senior year to say, we're moving to Charlotte. We don't want to wait. We want to get plugged in right away. And since then, I think Chandler's probably got three or four friends to join our leadership so now he's coming to leadership every couple weeks with buddies from high school that have all gravitated back towards Charlotte, and now they're all giving their lives away being Young Life leaders. So um, God's really blessing that. Um, also, I'll tell you what's really uncomfortable, being bald, driving a minivan, and having four kids. Uh, I'm telling you, every time I go to the high school, I think I, I got to find leaders that are cooler than me. But... Um, I mean, Chef could probably lean in and tell you this, like two of the guys that hung out with him the most were over the age of 35. Uh, we both were self-taught guitar players and uh, we just were willing to waste time with our high school friends and, and try to point them to Jesus with our lives. So if God can use this, God can keep using you. Uh, second challenge that Jesus goes after is uh, he's challenging the convenient disciple, okay? In verse 59 and 60, it says, he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. 
And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. So Jesus says to the man, follow me. And then the guy starts making excuses, right? And, and this was convicting for me as I even looked at this this week. Um, you're not a follower of Jesus if you only follow when it's convenient. Uh, if you're a person who's always questioning authority, chances are you're not a good follower. Uh, and Jesus really, really goes after this person here for convenient. And I know I'm so guilty of this. I have four kids. Uh, I see it every day when I pull up and my yard looks like trash. And I think to myself, gosh, all my neighbors have good looking yards. How can I, how can I streamline ministry so that I can spend more time at home and do some of those things that really don't matter, right? Uh, Jordan Schiffmacher, he's on staff in Myrtle Beach. He said, if you want to know how my ministry is doing, look at my yard. If it looks good, I'm probably not spending enough time at the high school. And it's such a great gauge. Um, so Jesus challenges the convenient disciple. Um, I want to bring Allie Dyer up here. Allie's been a leader for six years, six years at a school that's over a half an hour from where she lives. And uh, she also then works a half an hour in the opposite direction every day. So if Allie would come on up, would love for you to hear a little bit from her. Thanks, Justin. Um, hey, yeah, I'm Allie, um, and I lead at a high school in South Charlotte, very South Charlotte, almost in South Carolina, um, called Audrey Kell. Um, and when I first started leading there, um, I worked maybe like 15, 20 minutes from the high school. Um, and then after about two years, I started working about 30 minutes from the high school. And then two years after that, I started working uh, 30 minutes north of that. So I now, um, there's some weeks it takes me over an hour to get to the high school. Um, and um, it's kind of happened gradually, but um, one of the sweetest things about having led the last several years at Audrey Kell has just been um, the sweet friendships that I've had with girls. Um, when I started leading, I was 22, um, but I'm now 28 and don't have nearly as much in common with uh, high school girls as I did at 22. And it's been really sweet to see how um, the high school girls that I have relationships with um, not only continue to um, teach me about myself, but they, even in their brokenness and neediness for the Lord, have continued to point me towards Jesus. Um, I, leading at Audrey Kell has been one of the most refining and sanctifying things that I've had in my life. Um, the Lord has used it uh, immensely, um, but it has not always looked easy. Um, I had to figure out really early on how to spend time with girls in a way that, um, sometimes took a long period of time just traveling there. And so um, I learned really early on the power of um, texting a lot um, when I couldn't get to the school and um, the power of commenting on their Instagrams um, and how much they love that and feel very loved by that. Um, but I did have to stay, think, think strategically about how and when I was able to do contact work. Um, and so, um, a lot of that has looked like a lot of um, coffee dates and spending one-on-one -on -one time with girls that I already have relationships with, um, whether it's before work um, or a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning before church. Um, it's also looked like sometimes driving 30 minutes just to go get my groceries and run to Target because I know that I can pull in a high school girl to go with me. Um, 
or um, even sometimes grabbing a high school girl and saying, hey, let's go get our nails done, and me driving down there to spend, spend time with them and do that. And so um, the way that contact work and just spending time with kids has looked for me has been really different, um, but it's also um, been interesting to see that the impact that it's had on me and my relationships outside of young life. Um, a lot of my friends live in the cool places in Charlotte where there's lots of breweries and like to go do stuff after work, um, like Justin mentioned, and um, to leave work and say, hey, I'm gonna leave and drive 30 minutes and go spend time with high school girls does not make sense to my friends who don't know the Lord. Um, but it's been really cool to see how um, that has impacted my friends, but that has also um, impacted the girls that I spend time with that know that I'm saying no to things to spend time with them. Um, especially the girls that are juniors and seniors that um, they have watched me do it for a couple years and they now see what I'm saying no to or what time I'm using of my day to go and go to a basketball game where I can meet freshman girls. Um, and so it's been really rich to see how um, the Lord has just, I think, put me in a place with relationships where I can really bring girls along to do life with me um, in a way that I don't think I would have had to do if I was leading right next door to high school. Um, and so, yeah, it's just been really sweet to watch. Um, they, in some ways, I think have gotten to see a really different picture of what it looks like to give up uh, the convenient in your life um, to follow Jesus. Um, not just because of me, but because of all of my teammates. Um, but also just, I think they've developed um, a real yearning to do that for their friends as well. That it doesn't always look easy to go and be a part of um, freshman girls you don't know, be a part of their life. And so it's just been sweet to see that multiply. Um, so, yeah. Thanks. I really don't need to be up here this morning. Um, I'll tell you, from my own story, what was really convenient was being a Young Life leader. In college, it gave me a group of friends. Uh, it gave me a fraternity, really. And um, when I graduated from college, I then went on the Young Life staff, and it was convenient for me to place a lot of identity on what I was doing, right? I was Young Life in high school, Young Life in college, then I joined the staff. Uh, the storms hit in life. And that's when you really come to grips with what your life is built on. It's either built on the rock or it's built on the sand. And I think that's something that we all have to struggle with outside of college as things continue to change. What is my life built on? Uh, convenience starts going out the window. And it really is you figuring out, all right, am I turning to God in those moments? Or am I turning to the other things I build my life on? So just a thought there. Uh, Allie did not go to Young Life in high school. She was not involved with Young Life in college, so process that for a moment. Uh, she came to Charlotte and really felt call, called by God to do ministry, and she saw Young Life as a big bang for her buck, and she's been doing it ever since. So again, really grateful for all the leaders that are sharing this morning. Uh, number three, challenge. Jesus challenges the distracted disciple. Okay, in 61, it says, still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. So are you one that makes bargains with authorities? 
Are you one that says, yeah, I, I want to do that, but I need to get a couple things in order first. Uh, I can remember being 16 years old, sitting in a cabin at Windy Gap with my Young Life leader. Uh, craziness of it all, John Vickery was the camp speaker and Ed Cash was our camp musician. And I remember telling my leader, hey, I'd love to follow Jesus some, someday in my life. And, and my life at that point was just a disaster, but I wasn't done having fun yet. And I remember saying to him, I just need to stop getting in so much trouble and someday I'll, I'll take my family to church. And I think that's the right thing to do, right? I just had all of these excuses, right? And then that night, God just really revealed himself to me in a real way. And that was the turning point for the rest of my life. Um, we have many things that distract us, right? We have many things that we make excuses for. Uh, we often say maybe to things just so we have a way out, right? I texted seven girls to come be babysitters on this weekend and they all said maybe and then none of them did it. You know, people just have this way of being non-committal, right? And we, and we just remain in this distracted limbo. Um, any Georgia fans here? Probably not, a little, little bit. You're kind of scared to say it, but Adam, uh, I watched the bowl game, Georgia versus Texas. There you go. Uh, the thing that stuck out to me was the coach's little comment that he said to his team in the first half when there was still kind of a chance, uh, and then they got hosed completely. But um, he said, starve your distractions and start feeding your focus. And I thought, man, what a great line just for life and for my spiritual life with the Lord. How much stuff do I let distract me on a daily basis? And this goes beyond leading young life, where it's like, how many things do I allow to pull me away from the God that we're singing to this weekend? The one that we're worshiping with those words. I mean, all of those songs that they've picked, they've written all of them, by the way. Uh, all of those songs that they've picked you can just feel the heartfelt cry out to our creator. How much do I like getting in the way of that? Um, Jesus challenges the distracted disciple. Uh, I asked Megan Bates to come up here and share with us. Um, Megan, well, I'll let her share bits of her story, but Megan's been doing this for 10, 10 years, 10 school year. Yeah, um, again, another person who just came to Charlotte from Maine. Go to college, didn't know Young Life. Uh, her first fall weekend, I just remember thinking, she looks so scared, she's gonna quit Monday. And 10 years later, she's still in the room giving her life away to high school kids. So Megan's gonna come up and, and share about the distracted disciple. Thanks, Justin. Um, I really did think I might quit Young Life after I was placed just before fall weekend went on fall weekend and girls like played pranks and all these things, I was a disaster, but we're still here um, because I didn't let those distractions stand in the way. Um, but yeah, like Justin said, I am from Maine, um, moved to Charlotte to go to college and it's where I met Jesus and then promptly started leading Young Life. And so kind of my first biggest distraction was a mental one and it was like, I'm not qualified to do this. There were a lot of voices in my head saying like, I don't know what to say, I don't have all the answers. Are girls even going to like me? Are they going to trust me in what I'm saying? Because I'm not even like confident in what I'm saying right now. Um, and so that was a big one. And then match that with all of the other distractions of college, just 
the social and wanting to get stuff done, schoolwork. Um, I didn't have a car when I first started leading Young Life, which is an interesting twist on contact work and figuring out how to do that and making friends with seniors so that they can come pick you up from college. Um, and so, but you make it work because we have, um, in the, I have since graduated from college, have been working for a while, and this phrase with work um, is that when you say, I don't have time, that equals you saying, this is not a priority. Um, and so sometimes you genuinely don't have time, but oftentimes if you're sitting there looking at your calendar for the week or the day, um, there is time in there to do little things. And kind of like Allie touched on, a big one for me um, has just been inviting girls into my normal life of things I have to get done, but I'm gonna use that time and bring them alongside with me. Cause I might only have two hours after work, but if I have to go to the grocery store or go shopping or pick up something for someone, I can just call them and be like, hey, I'm running some errands. Like, what are you doing right now? Um, sometimes they think it's really bizarre, but sometimes they really love it and we can have some really cool conversations out of it. Um, I would say leading after college just is a whole different host of distractions. Um, I feel like Chandler and Allie both talked about like your friends might be doing something else. They might be going to breweries or hanging out or whatever they're doing after their work days. Um, but it's a really cool opportunity like they touched on to be able to show both people that are leading alongside of me and people who don't even really understand young life to say this is what I'm choosing to give my time to. Um, time for me is a really big one. Um, I just really value my alone time as a natural introvert after a long day at work. Sometimes I don't feel like I have the energy to go out and meet another kid or go to club or get up at 5 a.m. to get ready for work so that I can go to morning campaigners and then drive to the office. Um, but I think especially on my team at South Meg, I had to have a lot of accountability. I was like, hey, like, this is a really busy work week for me. Like, someone check in and see if I'm doing something. Or can you give me a little bit of grace because this thing came up and it's just out of my control. And so I think knowing that your team and the community around you really is for you. They want to see you succeed as a leader. And so going to them, sometimes it takes a little humility and letting down that pride saying, I can't do this all on my own. And so I'm going to need Jesus' help and I'm going to need your help um, has been really important for me and a big lesson to learn because for me that's something that hasn't always come supernaturally. And so I think just whether you are able to spend hours at the school throughout the week or you're just popping in and out, going to arrivals, going to get your nails done, whatever that can be, um, just know that that time isn't wasted. I had a really cool um, story two weeks ago. An old girl who went to South Met where I'm a leader or was a leader and she just Facebook messaged me out of the blue and said, hey Megan, this is Jessica. I don't know if you remember me because I didn't really come to Young Life, but I have started following the Lord. I'm working at my church's youth ministry and I'm using a lot of what you did with my girls. And I was like, that's awesome. Tell me more, what are you doing? And she was like, I just know, like it was so impactful of you knowing my name. She's like, I didn't really come to stuff, but you knew my friends, and so you knew who I was. And so I'm just trying to take that simple fact of knowing that girl's name um, and running with that for her ministry. And that's just something for me that I have had to remind myself of. Um, sometimes we have a lot of quantity of time, and then other times we just have to make sure our time is really quality. Um, but even if you don't see the fruit right away, um, you being there and still showing up 
you never know what can happen. There's a lot of seeds that are planted that sometimes we know about and sometimes just go unspoken back to us. Um, but the Lord is using that time. So I feel really passionately about leading after college. So if you want to find me after, I'd love to chat. Uh, somebody touched on this before and Megan's evidence of it and I'm starting to experience it too just because we've lived in the same city for 10 years but the longer you do this the more you start to see your your high school friends grow up you get their younger siblings and um, it's just fun to go to church each week now and see Myers Park graduates showing up without a clue but they remember there was one time in life where things made sense and it was young life so watching a lot of relationships reconnect um, what is the thing that's distracting you and oftentimes they're good things. Um, I know for me in college, it was senior year, I was applying for Young Life staff. I thought that I was hot stuff because I went to the high school three or four days a week and I knew a bunch of kids and I was being considered for staff. One Saturday night, me and a bunch of my roommates decided to drink too much. And it wasn't a big policy in our area so we didn't think at first we were doing much wrong, but definitely got out of hand. Well, the next day, the area director showed up at our house because he heard all about it. I was upstairs in my room doing my homework and I opened the door and there is Steve, our area director. How do you think I felt? And he sat on my couch, asked me what happened. I told him how the whole night played out. One, uh, the amount of grace that he showed me is the reason I'm still in the room today with Young Life. I mean, really, he could have been done with me. I let one night distract me, and um, I wasn't disqualified. I learned a ton, but it was one of those things that has still, it's still distracting some of those friends that I lived with in college 15 years ago. So what are the distractions for you? Right now, they might be little things, but if you don't pay attention to those distractions, they'll become big things. And for you, it might be worry about your future, or it might be success, or it might be money, or it might be your family. Um, God just wants to be number one in your life. And he doesn't want young life to be number one in your life. He wants to be number one in your life. And remember, this, this then can become something that we do out of thankfulness and gratitude and all those things. Hey, one other thing I'd say about the distracted piece um, or not distracted so much, but Megan, as she touched, she used, she used to lead at South Mech. About a month ago, she started talking with us about what would it look like if she shifted over to Capernaum. And that's something that she's been passionate about the last four or five years. So this isn't a, hey, I don't want to put in so much time, I'll go be a Capernaum leader. Because uh, we're not asking for people to do any less in Charlotte when it comes to leading Capernaum. But it does look different. And the time commitment looks a little different. So just wanted to throw that out there too. Just a thought, if you're feeling the pinch of how can I keep doing this, Talk to your area director. There might be other doors where God might want to use you in your area. Um, we've got 35 wildlife volunteers in South Charlotte, and they're all parents of kids that are in their club. And they have club at 7 a.m., okay? 7 and 8 a.m. between three schools, over 500 kids a week. We're watching these parents, these adults, have amazing impact and so much so that when these kids get to high school, we don't know what to do with them. 
we really don't have enough leaders to keep going. We're constantly asking Lord to, to bring more leaders um, because they're having such an impact. So that's one thing I'd say kind of in closing before we hit a couple practicals. Um, young life is an art. It is not a science. And when you get out of college, just because you don't fit the mold that you did in college doesn't mean that you're not still fit for the ministry or that you're not called. Uh, if you're still feeling called to give your life away to high school or middle school kids, I don't know of a ministry out there that has the ability to have as much impact. There are plenty out there that are having tremendous impact in some of our areas more than the young life. But I think when it comes to do we have the tools, do we have the approach, uh, do we have the model, I think Young Life can make a huge impact. So I'd say do it as long as you can. Um, any, any practical questions? Anything that could be helpful in these last few minutes? Maybe a question that you think other people in the room might have. Again, I, I just wanted to look at that passage where Jesus challenges the comfortable, where Jesus challenges the... Um, the convenience and just challenges also the distracted. Uh, any any questions? Yeah. love to connect you with three of our, our part-time staff in Charlotte are all church partners and they live in that struggle and that tension. So if you, if you don't mind coming up after, I'd love to connect you with, with one of them. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Especially with our wildlife leaders, we have said, hey, be that parent to your kids and know their friends. So when you go to your kids' game, know all of their friends and the sports that they play. Um, so that's one thing I'd say if you have any parent leaders. If you have some that are grown-up leaders and you're trying to help them pair life together more, Allie and Megan both touched on that where, gosh, they'll go to a target where they know kids work or they'll invite a kid to go with them. Um, kids love to shop, and it doesn't have to be like really nice stuff. They'll go to Target with you. They'll go grocery shopping with you. Uh, I had to change the oil in my minivan a month ago, and I asked Thomas Simmons to come over and help me do it. And he stood there and watched it on YouTube the whole time teaching me how to do it. I've been changing the oil for the last 20 years. I know how to do it. But he came over, and he was the expert. He held the technology, and I got oil all over me. So it's just figuring out you've got to crush things in your daily life you can have somebody with you all the time. It takes effort to get it rolling, but they become your friends. Make them your friend, but be their leader. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I met my wife in campaigners when I was in high school. So I'm blessed with someone who's not surprised by much. Uh, I'm probably not the best young life leader on my team. I go to club, we have campaigners in the morning, which is huge. If you can talk about that with your team, if you're in a career position, 
It eliminates a night of the week. I'm a huge proponent of that if it works for your target and your school. Uh, I try to go to one other thing a week. So I'm not a Young Life staff person that's out five nights, six nights a week. I may be out free. And I also prioritize a community group in my church. And that is something that my wife and I do, and that's non-negotiable. So it's reminded me that it's more about the Lord and that it's not about me. That he's the reason why we have hundreds of kids coming to things. And it's not because I make it to another game that week. Uh, I would say that the times when me and my wife are not doing well, I don't feel good about anything else that I'm doing. So make that a priority for sure. We've got time for one last one, then we probably should get to the next. Anybody got a question they feel like everybody would benefit from? Cool. Let me pray for us. Lord, um, as Chuck Reinhold, old Young Life leader, um, is known for saying, thank you, God, that you didn't stop before getting to my high school. Uh, Lord, thank you that you used Young Life. And um, I thank you for my leader just knowing my name. I pray that we would not underestimate what it is to know kids by name. And that if we at very least know that, if we get to a couple things a week, Lord, if we pray for kids, uh, help us to be creative. Help us to go as long as you're calling us to do this. But most importantly, Lord, help us to follow you with everything that we are, um, young life or not. Lord, help us to be the men of Christ that we need to be. Help us to be the women. Help us to be the mothers, the fathers, the friends. Lord, help us to commit to a life of following you and to not take gaps, to not fall away to distractions. Lord, to not be weak because it's not convenient. Lord, help us to uh, even go into places that are not comfortable. Remind us of the cost, Lord. Uh, may we do this out of a gratitude and thankfulness for what it cost you, Lord, that you sent your son, that you lost him, and that um, he died for us, Lord. May we do this not for the blessings, Lord, but that we do this because you're worthy of our lives. Lord, we love you, and we pray that you continue to use this weekend. Amen. <laughs>